Thank you, Thank you Joseph, for coming over. I really, really appreciate your time. Um, I, I was honor. just talking. Sorry. <laughs> I said, it's my honor. Appreciate that. I said, I was just talking to you offline, and I said, I'm going to ask you this live. Um, I was reading something um, you wrote a while ago on uh, one of your profiles and one of your um, blogs, which pretty much says people build goals, people plan their lives. They don't really build their lives. And it would dawn on me that one, one thing everyone does every year is at the end of the year, the start of the year, they so sit down and they plan these big goals, what they're going to achieve in 2020. Now, on the funny side is I would like to meet everyone who planned that and said that 2020 would be my year. <laughs> I'll sit down and have a beer with them to see how is that going. But jokes apart, but that's the serious part. If that, that's just, a, I don't know if it's a fade or it's something what people tend to do. I do that as well. I do it for logistic purpose because I want to have a clear agenda in my head. But that's not building. That's just planning. And what do you say that people plan life, they don't build life, that's, that's something totally different. Please elaborate, please explain us, enlighten us here. <laughs> well, thanks so much for the invitation. It appears as if a strange thing happened on the way to our goals in 2020, but you're absolutely correct about the planning process and the building process. People plan, they write out agendas, they have an itinerary of things that they want to get done. They have a goal sheet. They have a vision board. But none of those things really include the activity of actually building and bringing it into existence. That's a process, and that's something that takes time. And over time, what happens is as you're beginning to build, you can go back to your planning list and your itinerary of things that you want to get done but that can't replace the actual building work, the actual mental work first on the mental level, and then the actual physical work, which is required for you to achieve your goals. If you don't build them, then they'll just stay airy fairy ideas in the air, but they're not concrete in physical existence because you haven't applied that, what you've written, into actual physical manifestation and that requires work that's why we have a physical vessel because our ideas and the things that we write down seeks expression through this vessel and the vessel actually has to do the work of bringing it into existence so that's the building process yeah it makes sense i mean i think it's you know, even if you look at uh, read books like rich dad poor dad they're pretty much saying the same thing and i understand the concept you're talking about but from from planning to building there's a whole uh, process that goes around um yes we can all plan well and do we can dream as well which is pretty much you dream you plan and then you build um in some senses but what does it require to build something up um, apart from just a big plan and yes, I have, I have the tools and I have the equipment. I might even have the vessel. I might even have the intention, but that doesn't mean I'm end up going to build something up. It doesn't mean that uh, it will end up being what I was thinking about or how, mm -hmm. because I might think I know all, but realistically not everyone knows all. So what does that require to build something? Well, in a couple of words, it takes clarity. It takes focus. And then it take worth at work ethic. <laughs> Those three things. First, you have to be clear about what it is that you want to build. 
then you have to go about deciding how it is, what process is gonna be involved with that building. And then lastly, you have to really put the work in. And when we talk about work, most of the work that literally has to be done is between our ears. <laughs> That's really the major work. The other part comes as an outgrowth of what we have really put already in our mind and we have decided to do put our concentration into then it's just a matter of putting that work ethic in physically to bring it into existence but the major work is mental everything is built twice everything is created twice first in the mind then in physical existence so that's actually the building process the building is done on the higher level and then we bring it into existence on the physical level and that's that's the easier part than the mental part and the more metaphysical as they say part <laughs> ah true true i mean what well, you know what you said makes all sense and um again going back to what i was reading because if anyone is listening to that you got to go to this guy's uh, linkedin and you got to read what he's writing he just uh, uh, for me it's insane in a sense that because the more you read and the more, you got to read it a couple of times to just register what the hell he's talking about because the more you read it actually starts making sense because it's in it's it's the depth of what you're writing it's just not the words it's the depth for you to understand one of the other things i remember you were talking about um the divine profession there's a law of divine profession now i think um i believe that's all got to do with your ethics and your morals and how you uh, how you perceive a job and how you work towards a goal um mm -hmm. yes i might have the clear agenda yes i might have the clear intention as well but then there has to be a set standard of ethics and morals which needs to be connected to be able to do that if those don't align with whatever i'm planning to do that dream is not going to come true. Right. Um, Absolutely. Explain that to me. Well, when we talk about the law profession, that's really taking us a little bit deeper because what that requires is for us to really uncover what our talents are, our gifts are, our abilities are, and all of those things have importance. We are uniquely coded with gifts that are uniquely ours, that specifically seek expression through us. So with that, that becomes part of the law of profession because it's a process of actually bringing these gifts, abilities, and talents, and attributes into physical expression and honoring that, honoring that law because that profession is our gift. That profession is what we profess to the world it's our expression it's what we put out from that which is already in us that's our profession so the law of profession is actually something that's very very real although not very often talked about because it's a concept that people really haven't understood yet but whatever job that we do whatever talent that we have whatever unique skill that we develop along the way it becomes part of our profession, part of our gift, part of our expression, part of our business. That's also part of the law of profession. Whatever we're spending our time, energy, and effort on is our profession, is what we profess. It's sort of our contract to the world. 
it's it, you know first we have to no, make no. a contract yeah with this particular profession and then we have to stick to that and honor that and from that place of integrity is where the outgrowth of our work is seen in the world so again it really deals with what's taking place on the inside and honoring that profession internally and then expressing that to the world so that they can see that gift benefit from that gift and understand that where this is coming from it's coming from a place in that person but i also have a place inside of me that i have to get in contact with so that i can honor my own law profession so it's basically just setting an example no no it's pre it's pretty much deep i mean uh what, what i understood what you're trying to say is uh that we all have gifts right and they those gifts have purpose now we could either not use them and that would be just wasting those uh, gifts and then we can't go out and complain the universe isn't helping us or we are not getting chances because we're not even using our own gifts which right. come us to us natural so while we plead to the universe and while we pray and while we do all that to have a better life and do something good what we got to do is we also need to understand there's something inside us which is the natural gift we have and use them wisely and not only for ourselves but also for others um, and i believe that that's very profound um, because if we all still in doing that we will just not only change the mindset from where we are but will change our lives and pretty much helps everyone else's life along the way pretty 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 big yeah thank thank you for that i really really appreciate you explaining that uh, it just hit hit me on the nail it just made sense um what's a mount builder now explain that now i you keep talking about being the mount builder i'm like what is a mount builder and then i realized you have these steps where you can build stuff up so i'm going to go drill down explain me what the mount builder is tell me about those steps and tell me how the hell did you come up with that <laughs> well i'm glad you asked that question mount builder where that comes from is there were ancient people who were here long before we were i like to say when we were our ancestors yeah. and they were the mound builders and now we're the expression of them in this particular time but basically these are the people that built society they built systems they built civilization they built sciences and mathematics and all of the disciplines that we utilize now they were built by people and these were mound builders but they were also mind builders because they built the mind which eventually built the body whether that body manifests itself as a building or as a system of learning or what have you so the mound builders were these ancient ones who actually built civilization and what we seek to do today through that same concept is to build people the first building and the first structure is the human body so we always start building from that place as the mound builder and then from there we're able to help other people to build and then it spirals outward so there is like you mentioned a step process uh i use the pyramid because that's the imagery that came one of the most significant and most well-known mound builders is an individual called Imhotep out of Egypt. And he's known for pyramids, 
but that's also building, it's also mound building because it's basically raising the level of your understanding and raising your own platform so that you see things from more of a bird's eye view and you get a higher understanding. And the higher you build, the higher you ascend. So going back to his hotel, he was one of the first that we know of as the mound builder or as the person that helped to build society. And he was, of course, a multi-genius and dealt with a lot of different sciences, etc. Today, what we're doing with this mound builder concept is building leaders, building individuals who are ready to do something different. This society has come to a place where it's ready for something new. It's ready for a new structure, a new foundation, a new type of building because the old structure is beginning to kind of fall away. So we're now in the process of raising leaders who are ready to build something different on this tier process, this stair-step process, into a higher expression of themselves. That's the concept. Uh, that's true. I mean, it, it does make sense. I mean, um, when, when you prepare tomorrow's leader, you not only prepare a few leaders, you also pretty much influence next generation and anyone they are about to influence. So it's, it's, a, it's a profound thing in a sense that you're not setting up some people, you're not helping help people, you're technically helping millions in correlation and connection to anyone who comes in influenced by them itself. Um, so, yeah, um, I was going through your pyramid system where you talk about the existence, I think, existence, resources, ownership, order, thought, feelings, and imagination. Now, I understand the existence, Mark. You got to have an existence, whether it's a goal, whether it's you, whether it's a project, something has to be there. There has to be some seed for you to grow. Right. I also understand the resources because you, you need the resources to build that up. Ownership is more about you taking an ownership. Okay, this is what I'm about to do. Whether I'm doing it for myself, whether I'm doing it for people in large, I got to do that. The part, and I also understand the thought, the feeling and imagination. The part which I didn't understand was the order. Like, uh, I, I, would, I would assume the order would come along with existence because when you're preparing something, before you get all that resources and all, you have a set of order. Um, to set something out. If this this is the order we're going to go plan things, or this is the order we do our job to be able to build that. But your order sat straight in the center of everything else. I was like, why is it there? What, what's the what's the emphasis of having that order right in the center? I mean, I'm sure there's something, um, something something I'm missing up there. What? <laughs> You're obviously a mound builder and you're obviously building. So that's important to note. But talking about order, order is very important because it's the middle, as you say, of the process. And if you look at any system of learning, once you get to the place of order, that's where a whole nother type of structure begins. And why the order is in the middle is because that's the center, that's the heart space. And when you have order, you really legislate and organize things from the heart as opposed to the head, because both the head and the heart has the mind. People think the mind is just in the head, but the mind is also in the heart. And so when you establish order, you want to do so more from the heart base than just the head base because you're taking into account a lot more things. 
and it's in the center of your body because that's your center. So that's the place from which you want to vibrate from, right from the actual center. And that's the heart. So that's where you want to establish order for your life, for your business, for everything that you're engaged in. So it's very interesting that you observed that. It's, it's more important fighting the mind freak, what you talk about, because I just realized what you just said, it makes sense because what happens is when, when we have the resources, when you have the dream and we, we start working on it, as we go along, uh, there's certain doubts which creep in. And these doubts are self-created doubts. But by the time you reach that center where you talk about the aura and you have your heart, you just sit down and focus on them and you realize they're just mind freaks. They're just a little voice at the back which is throwing doubts at you just for you to be sure that it's, it's exactly what you want. And that's where right. the heart comes in. That's where right. you know whether you want it because if you're doing it with your 100% um, passion and it's, your heart isn't there, you will continue doing that. But if it's not, it's going to fall apart, which means it wasn't the real purpose you were trying to do. That wasn't something you were trying to build. You were just trying to fake it. So you go back to the back level and you start rebuilding what you were trying to build. It does make sense now. And I'm not sure if I just confused it more <laughs> or made it easy, but it does make sense in my head now. You know, the funny thing is with that is you talk about the heart space and you talk about the levels before that. Existence, just on existence. Believe it or not, most people never really get beyond that point. When you really look at where we are in the world, most people are just existing. Most of them don't really have the resources they need to really live the life that they're supposed to live. And so they never really get to ownership and then up to order because they're just existing. So what you're talking about with respect to the heart space and doing things from just ahead, a lot of people just get jobs and just do things just to make money. Yep. Not really considering what their law of divine profession is, where their heart is, what's really yearning to come forth. They're just existing. So they never really get to that place of order. They're just hand to mouth trying to figure out how they're going to make it to the next meal. Existence. And we know from our study dealing with business that about 1% to 3% of the population controls over 90% of the wealth. That leaves about 90 plus percent people really in that level of existence because they haven't tapped into that place yet where their heart space is open enough to establish an order that will allow them to gather the things that they need to gather and express themselves in the best way. Mm -hmm. So that mm -hmm. order is very, very important. Once you get to that level, then you can build on the higher levels. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm going to ask you something which I'm sure everyone listening to this will be interesting, which is the noise of ka-ching, ka which is the money, the money that we all seek for. Uh, and, and, and there's a process you say that you can actually uh, monetize um, using the mount building effort, uh, the structure in which you created. Um, help us understand, uh, teach us something, I guess. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I'm sure you're familiar with Bob Proctor. And I've done quite a bit with Six Minutes of Success, which is one of the programs that he utilizes. One of the statements that he often makes is, if your problem is money, then you have an easy problem. Money is the easy problem. We, of course, don't look at it that way <laughs> and we don't experience it that way because we're dealing with so much of the other stuff. But to your point, 
when I talk about mound building and multiplying and multiplicity and all of those things so that we can have more resources and wealth and opulence and those things, that all starts with the inside. If the inside isn't right, we're not going to be able to attract the wealth. No matter how hard True. we work, no matter what we do, we're not going to attract it. So my focus is always building the internal temple first and then building towards the money. The money comes as a result of the expression of who we are and the honoring of that law of profession. Once we do that and open ourselves up that way, then we're now aligned with the opportunities that work best with us. Not every opportunity is going to bring in the type of money that we want and that we desire. We have to be in the place where we're attracting the right opportunities. And that happens as a result of being in alignment, honoring that law of profession, living from our heart space, establishing that type of order. And then we'll begin to experience some of the wealth and the opulence that we see. But this is it's a it's levels. <laughs> it's a step no, no, process. True. It's true. I mean, it, it, it does make sense. And they're like, you know what? You can chase behind money and you might get a little bit of money, but that money is not going to get recurring. That money is not going to flow. And there won't be an abundance of it if you just don't, if you don't reset your mind. I mean, you can fluke it once. You can't fluke it all the time. Mm -hmm. And to be able to make sure that things flow, you got to have the right mindset, the right tool, the right resources. And again, you need to build properly which comes back to the same formula you keep you, you talking about um exactly. to, to be the mon building effect uh which which makes more and more sense the more i talk to you uh, but it's just a, but, but what i'm impressed with is just a unique way of looking at things i mean we think we see things differently uh, most of us but what you just explained it's a unique way of living how our ancestors lived how the ancestors building is what, what and it's not only about you building it it's also what what you're building and you're passing on right it's also that passage what you're passing on i mean uh tribes around the globe you'll see that they're tribal areas which they pass on something ancestral uh to the future generation whether it's the skill whether it's the knowledge or whether it's the herbal stuff i remember many years ago i had a bike accident I had a motorbike accident and every doctor told me that I wouldn't be able to walk. I'll always limp. And I flew back to India and I went to these bone doctors and these bone doctors are not, they don't have the medical degree, but they have the knowledge which has been passed on from thousands and thousands of years because the ancestors were in wars. They used to heal soldiers during the war. And I went over to him or got my healing done from them. And it took him six weeks for me, to make me stand straight. And it took him another six, uh, four weeks for me to start limping and walking. And in three months, uh, I think three, three and a half months time, I was walking normal without a stick. That's amazing. And then, and then I was able to run within six months time. And when I came back and I went to the same doctors, who medical doctors who said that I, I wouldn't be able to walk and I had to limp and had to get this operated and all. I shocked the hell out of them. Hey, I'm standing here. I'm walking. I'm doing everything I used to do many, many years ago. I run, I play cricket, I jog, I will exercise. I don't feel anything. 
So I think that's one of the skills, what you're talking about, mountain building, when you build something, you've got to pass it on so that the future generations can benefit off, out of it as well. That, that is such a big thing. Now, I have a tricky question. I don't know if it's, uh, you, you are a cross trainer, right? You train people in multiple different um, avenues, whether it's come, uh, uh, and, and with your skills in marketing, and with your skills in sales and um, leadership. Training people in, I mean, usually we say that you focus on one, you train, you concentrate on one and you go do that. First, having multiple skills to be able to do multiple different things at the same time in itself is a bigger skill. It's in itself is something crazy. On top of that, you write books, you speak, you're an ambassador, you cross train people in, I think, I believe in real estate insurance and uh, leadership formats and spiritual awareness and all that. That's way too much, man. How the hell do you manage to do that? It sounds like a lot, but what I want people to understand is we're really only tapping into a small fraction of our ability. Hold on, hold on. If that's a, sorry, if that's a small <laughs> fraction, I don't know what the big one is, because that for me sounds like when the hell do you get time to write a book or even have a clear thought? I mean, yeah, well, it just it goes back to the concept of the mound builders. We come from a line of great individuals. We come from greatness, and so these individuals they were multifaceted. They dealt in multiplicity, so that's our example now. But they did that because they were able to access those greater parts of themselves and express them all. Nowadays, what we're trained to do is funnel all of our intentions and efforts and ability through one small channel. And we call that small channel a job or a business. But it's really a small fraction of what we can truly be doing and expressing. The way that I look at it, whether it's insurance, whether it's real estate, whether it's coaching, life coaching, teaching, or what have you, to me, it's all the same thing. It's basically the process of getting individuals first to be secure. I like to say I'm a life security expert. You have to be secure and have some measure of security before you can do anything. Mental security, physical security, economic security, or what have you. And then you can stand on that platform and begin to do other things. But they're all interrelated. They're all dealing with connecting with people. They're all dealing with marketing and advertising. They're all dealing with showing people how to live a better life, how to bring more out of themselves. It's really, to me, all the same thing. It's just labeled differently. And my focus is always building the individual. And then once that individual is built, then they can go forth and do the same thing and they can see how all of this takes place within themselves. But it's multifaceted because that's what's called for today. Today, if you're just doing one thing and you're a one trick pony and you just have one stream of income, once that shut down, like we're experiencing with coronavirus, yeah, where's true. your complex? Yeah, where else can you funnel that energy, ability, and talent? So you have to have other venues of expression, otherwise you get shut down. And so with me, we're in the process of creating our own economy. 
So we're not dependent upon the economy of an external world. So with the gifts and the talents that have been built up over the years and that are constantly being built up, there's always something to offer, always something to express, always a way to express it, always a different person that wants to hear more about it, do more with it, et cetera. So I'm just allowing myself to open up opportunities to express what I have to give and I want to make sure that I'm at the top of my field in terms of understanding what's going on in that particular discipline, how I can be better every day. How can I be better? How can I present this better? How can I do this better? How can I bring more out of myself? How can I give more? So I'm always living and moving from that place. And so if an opportunity come up in this field or that field, it's just another expression of what I already have. And I know that that's profound. Uh, before I let you go, and again, um, thank you for coming over the show. Before I let you go, one final question for you. You know, we were talking about being multidimensional. Um, do you think as a human race, we were born to be multidimensional, not uh, supposed to be just singular focused? Um, how, and I think over the years, that singular focus uh, mindset has pretty much led to us at a place that a lot of people have lost the natural skills they had. I mean, if you look around life, we, we can do so many things in one go. We can be on a phone call, we can cook to, at the same time, we can we can write and read notes at the same time. We can do so many things at the same time. They all are skills. They might be minor skills, but they still are skills. Um, right. And I think, um, and I believe, do you, do you believe that we, we were supposed to be multidimensional and somewhere along the line, we lost it and suddenly this coronavirus has taught us that if we, if we don't adapt quickly, if we don't learn quickly, if we don't change quickly, um, we're pretty much walking towards the doom end. That's absolutely correct. We were created to express ourselves fully. And that includes multi-different activities, multiple different ways of expression, multiple different businesses, what have you. Now, the key to that though is we have to learn how to focus on whatever it is that we're doing at that moment and fully bring ourselves to that particular discipline that we're engaged in in that moment. And then when we're engaged in something else, we have to do the same thing. In other words, when I'm focused in on real estate, I'm doing the real estate. I'm understanding what's taking place in the market, what, what this particular property is going for. When I'm doing counsel or coaching, I'm focused completely on that at that particular time. I'm not focused on coaching and looking for real estate and look, it, it doesn't work that way. These are all different channels, but when I'm flowing in that channel, I'm completely committed to that channel. Now, there's a lot of background work, of course, that has to be done and study and what have you, so that when I apply myself to that, I can be fully engaged. But the one trick thing and just focusing on one thing and not being able to apply yourself to any other disciplines, I believe that that time, or I know that that time is over with. Because again, we see the situation that we're in now. We see the way that we've been trained and how that hasn't really served us because it's left us wanting to do something else. I'm looking at what's taking place as a result of this coronavirus, and what I'm seeing is that 
I look on Facebook, I look on Instagram, so many different people are really beginning to express and do things that you would never have thought that they would be doing. But they have the time to do that now. And they're open to it. And they're not boxed in and constantly grinding, trying to figure out how they're going to pay bills. So they're able to do more. That's the natural opening process. And I think that that's where we are now. And it's time for us to go back forward to the time where we're able to express more of who we are. True, true. No, that that is profound. I say, Joseph, thank you, thank you so much for coming over to the show. I really appreciate that. Um, the good points you've said up there, there's something I've learned. Um, actually, I'll say I've learned a lot, and I hope anyone who's listening up here has learned a lot as well. I will add all the details for Joseph below so you can get in touch with him. And Mount Builder it is. It'll be a Mount Builder, I believe. Um, and the steps, um, go ahead, see if they're useful to you, connect with Joseph. And I'm hoping this will help you out. Cheers, Kudos. Thanks, Mark.